0: be our highest praise. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: <coughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, should we start, Adrian?
0: Yes, sure,
1: brother.
0: Amen. John, maybe you can just tell us what verses we're reading tonight. All right, sure. To create the breakout dreams.
1: Yeah, please. Um, well, last week we we covered chapter 13 <clears> to <throat> verse 8. So tonight we will cover sorry, chapter 12 last week Tonight we will cover from chapter 8, I'm sorry, the last week we covered up chapter 13 verse 4, so tonight mm. we will cover from 13.5 all the way to the end of 14. I repeat, chapter 13 verse 5 all the way to 14 verse
0: 24. All right. Okay, welcome back, everybody. I don't know if you were able to get through all the verses, um, but Amen. I think we'll 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 still have opportunity to um, to go through these verses together. So um, I'm going to cover the first section, uh, chapter thirteen tonight, and. Um, Saints, what is so wonderful about this to me is that in this section, we see that Abram is just like us. Amen. So this, is, uh, this section is um, from uh, chapter 12, verse 9. It says the trial of the called one. So we've seen that Abram, he was able to respond to God's calling him to God's calling him out of that situation. (laughs) Saints, the peak of man's fall, right? at, At the Tower of Babel, making a name for themselves, trying to uplift themselves in utter rebellion, being one with Satan's instigation against God. And then God could no longer work with the created race whose intention he was that they would receive him as their life, as his life. So he made man in his image, according to his likeness, that this man would express him and that this man would have dominion on the earth for God, representing God on the earth. So after all of this consecutive falls that we have gone through, God eventually, calls someone out he calls out this man abraham and in the new testament he's called the father of the faith so the way that abram was able to respond to god's calling was through god's appearing to him so it's like that hymn, lord you are the pretty henna flower lord nothing nothing can compare to you lord you just draw us with your beauty and what can we do but just follow you? We just follow your calling. How were the Israelites, the, the disciples of the Lord? Why did they just drop everything and follow the Lord? They, were, they, they went under some teaching. The Lord didn't tell them, listen, uh, I have some good points for you to follow. I think it's better for you to follow me than to keep fishing. I'm the son of God. He just said to them, Peter, come. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He, he just called the disciples, right? He just walked up to them and he said, Matthew, today I'm going to eat in your house. And then Matthew is just so happy. He just sells all these things and he just follows the Lord. Saints, this is the Lord's appearing to us, calling us. We, 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 we are not called because we are so we are not so wonderful in ourselves. Okay, so now, eventually, Abram reaches this point, this you can say this peak, where he arrives at the land which God had intended to give him. And here he pitches his tent and he raises, he builds an altar, right? He lives this way, this life of the tent and the altar as an anti-testimony to what was going on at Babel, right? He trusted God. He followed God's calling. Okay, but... As soon as we reach such a peak in our experience, brothers and sisters, we often have the experience that soon afterwards we start to go downwards again, right? So so Abraham he reaches this this peak, but but saints, it's it's not it's not that difficult to reach this point, but in order to, to remain at the peak, oh we need the Lord's mercy. We need the Lord's grace to us so that we would be able to to remain at the place of his calling, living this life of the tent and the altar, trusting God for our provision. So God, in his sovereignty, arranges this, this famine. Brothers and sisters, this is our experience, and it's encouraging to me because When maybe, maybe you have the thought like me oh maybe I'm the worst one, you know, all these, all these saints who have gone before us, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, these fathers of the faith, how they journeyed with the Lord. They trusted the Lord. They left everything behind. Oh, the disciples, they just counted everything as lost to follow the Lord. Well, be encouraged, brothers and sisters. All of us go through many of these experiences. And what we see in the life of Abram is really a seed of our own life where we really experience the Lord calling us and bring us out of such a, a terrible situation to this peak of where the Lord wants to give us the good land. But then... The Lord sends some trials, but these trials, not necessarily so comfortable, are very good for us. It's very good for us to go through these trials because it's in these trials that we really get to know God, that the faithfulness of God and His provision to us becomes something so real to us, brothers and sisters. It becomes our reality. It's no longer just a doctrine. Oh, God is so good to me, and He is such a faithful God. Well, you need to experience the famine so that you know God as the faithful one. Okay, so this famine is arranged by God's sovereignty. And, brothers and sisters, this sovereign arrangement by God is because He cares for us. You know, actually, the The Lord of this universe has arranged everything just for you. Just for for your arrangement is particular. The Lord has a plan. How he wants to make himself real to every single one of us. Sometimes as I'm driving to work and there's some traffic traffic, Due to maybe some traffic cops, I get very upset and then I I want to stop and I want to tell them, look at this traffic jam you are causing. But just before I get into the traffic jam, I was enjoying the Lord in my spirit, maybe reading my Bible, singing a hymn or praising the Lord. And then I get into the traffic jam and I just forget about God and I want to Go and fight with these ones who are causing this time delay in my life. Well, brothers and sisters, then I, as I'm driving past them, I just repent to the Lord and I just tell the Lord, Lord, I don't know you as my patience. Maybe I I, I have some patience, but it seems it's not it's not it's very limited, Lord. I just you just put me in a two minute traffic jam. I lose everything. (laughs) So the Lord, sometimes I feel like the Lord put those traffic cops right there and put all those hundreds of people in the traffic jam just for me, just so that he could give me some experience of him to make himself real to me. So brothers and sisters, I'm not saying we, we try and, you know, uh, kind of analyze all these situations we go through but saints the lord wants to teach us a lesson a lesson and this is the point the point is that abram had to learn the lesson of trusting in god okay i'm gonna go through it just maybe in a brief way but basically the famine comes abram looks at his situation and then he decides let's go down to egypt he tells sarah we're gonna go down to egypt it doesn't seem like he prayed right he just built the altar he was just in fellowship with god and then and a, a situation arises he looks at it he assesses it and he makes a decision and he goes down to egypt so this also is our experience right we we think ah oh, abraham you were at the place of god's calling what are you doing you're going the wrong direction you you were called by God, you need to trust God, trust him for your living. If he called you, surely he can provide for all of your needs. If he wants to, if he has a purpose for you to possess the good land, do you think he cannot provide for you? Do you think the world situation is too great for God to care for your need? Well, brothers and sisters, isn't this so true in our experience? I was just, I was just telling Elmi, you know, in so many little things, do I really consider the Lord? It's so easy to be at this peak, right? But you know what, once you're at the peak, there's a, there's not much room to move, right? Because it's a peak, right? There's, there's a lot of room to go off it, but there's not a lot of room to, to, to stay on it. And actually the Lord wants to Show us that it's by his mercy, it's by us trusting him, by us contacting him, that we remain in him, that we don't go down to Egypt, which signifies the world, right? We just going and seek our, in, our satisfaction there. And this, this really has a lot to do with, with knowing the Lord as the one who cares for us, as the one who takes care of every need that we have, brothers and sisters. So, So the Lord arranges this this situation for Abraham. And he just kind of forgets to pray. It's like, well, this is what I'm facing. And he just makes a decision and he just goes in a certain direction. But brothers and sisters, may we learn this lesson to trust in the Lord. And this is the lesson that Abraham had to learn. He had to learn this lesson. He had to learn. So he goes down to Egypt. Then he gets there. And he realizes, this wife of mine, they're going to probably kill me over. her. If they see her, they're going to want her. They want to take her for, the king's probably wanted to take her for his wife. So what's going to happen to me? I need to take care of my own living. Sarah, listen, let's make another plan. Here's what you're going to say. When we get there, you're going to say, you're not my wife. You're not going to tell them you're my wife. And they will just maybe, I don't know what's going to happen. So they get there, Sarah gets taken to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, right? And Abram, what does he get? He just gets a lot of wealth, right? Um, uh, well, what does it say? It says, they treated Abram well on account of her and they were given to him sheep and oxen and donkeys and male servants and female servants and males and uh, and female donkeys and camels. So Abraham just is re- he's, he's just receiving. So here we see that even though Abram told this lie and he just wanted to preserve his own life, God's keeping power, God's keeping grace was still upon him. God's grace is upon those whom he has called, brothers and sisters. He keeps us even you know when we're on the we're we're on the top of the of the the peak of our experience with the lord it's his grace that keeps us it's not of us this is clearly what we see with abraham it's such an encouragement to me he was so human but then it's also the lord's keeping grace that brings us back again right and that even in this situation abram is receiving just his, he his going in the opposite direction of where God has called him to, he's going downward, but yet he's, he's just receiving, right? So the Lord really cares for those whom he have called, and his desire is to bring us back to himself. So eventually, through this keeping power, Abram, then Pharaoh, he gets struck by the Lord, right? The Lord doesn't come and visit Abram here. The Lord's presence is with Pharaoh. And in a negative way, he, he, Pharaoh receives plagues and things. Okay. And then Pharaoh says, what have you done? So then he says to them, send, send him away with his wife and all that he had. Okay. Just, just send this one away. And so Abram in chapter 13, he goes back to the place, to this place where he journeyed from. That is uh, verse 3 in chapter 13. And he continued on his journey from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and I, to the place of the altar, which he had made there formerly. And there, Abram called on the name of Jehovah. So now he's coming back and he's calling on the name of Jehovah. You don't see him calling on the name of Jehovah while he's in Egypt, right? But he comes back to the place where God has called him to. Oh, Lord Jesus. The Lord wants to call us out of of this tower, this Babel, this division. And he wants to call us to the place where, where we will experience being a home. Where we experience the Lord's blessing and the Lord's presence. Where we call on the Lord. Okay. So now Abram is back here. So now there's a further trial. But here we see from verse five, Abram had learned a lesson. What lesson did Abram learn, brothers and sisters? He learned the lesson of trusting in the Lord and of not fighting for himself. Okay. So Lot, he's with Abram. So here it says, and they all, he also had flocks and herds and tents and the land could not support them that they might dwell together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Sometimes when we receive something from the Lord, there in Egypt, in the world, we think it's such a wonderful blessing Now we have all these things, right? We're carrying them with us and they're going with us. But you know what? Eventually, all of these things that we bring with us, eventually they just become the frogs, and the, and the, you know, all those things that eventually just become so troublesome to us. Eventually, all this livestock, now they've got so much livestock, they've got so much possessions, all these things are now causing strife between the brothers, okay, so there is strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock, and the herdsmen of Lot, and at that time, the Canaanites and the dwelt in the land, okay, and Abram said to Lot, let there be, please be no strife between me and you, and between your herdsmen and And between my husband and your husband, for we are brothers. If the Lord has called us out of that divisive situation, brothers and sisters, there shouldn't be this kind of strife among us, right? There should be a testimony of oneness. There should be an anti-testimony to the division that we see among among, among all the worldly people, but even among so many of God's children. There needs to be a oneness among us. Oh Lord Jesus, where we are learning to trust the Lord. Okay, so now everyone said to, to Lot, let there not be strife between me and you and between my husband and your husband, for we are brothers. Um, then he says to Lot, the whole land is before you. Please separate yourself from me. If you go to the left, then I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. So yeah, we see that Abram has learned the lesson to trust in Jehovah. He has now learned to trust in God, to care for his need. Surely he has all these, you know, how how is he going to care for all these herds, all these, even the people that are with him? But he has learned. I'm not going to look at, okay, here's the good piece, here's the green grass, here's the Oh, this is there's some water here, there's something here. He has learned to trust Jehovah. So he tells Lot, Lot, you choose. I've learned to put my trust in the Lord. Okay, so Lord lifts uh, Lot lifts up his eyes and he sees the entire plan of the Jordan that it was well watered and it and it was there before. Okay, th- this was before Jehovah destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So it was like the garden of Jehovah, like the land of Egypt, as you go to Zohar. So Lot chose for himself the entire plain of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves from each other. But Abram, he dwelt in the land of Canaan, and dwelt, Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and moved his far for a Sodom. Okay, we'll get to that. I think Brother John will get to that a little bit later. Okay, but yeah. And Jehovah said to Abraham after Lot had separated from him. So here it seems that again the Lord comes and he visits Abraham. Now Abraham is in the, in the right position. He's back where he lives the life of the tent and the altar. And he's trusting in the Lord. He's not just going according to what he, he's not just looking at the, the outward environment the outward situation but he's now learned the lesson to put his trust in jehovah the one who is faithful to care for all his need the one who is faithful to provide for everything that he needs okay and what does jehovah tell abraham now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are okay lord was striving with you abraham you are looking to the left and, or to the right and he goes left and you go right or he goes right and you go left. But now I tell you, because you trust in me, because you, you're not striving with one another, brothers and sisters, if we could learn this lesson in the church life, not fighting one another for position or for, or for uh, things in the church life, but to trust in the Lord, you know what he'll give us? He won't just give us Christ as our good land on one little piece. But he says to him, look from the place where you are. Now, which direction should you look? North, south, east, west. In other words, you were, you were trusting me and you said to your brother, Lot, okay, you go this way, I go that way. But you know what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you everything. Because you trusted me and you didn't choose for yourself. I'm not just going to give you the left or the right or the north or the west or the south. I'm going to give you north, south, west, and east. I'm going to give you the all-inclusive Christ. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you all the riches of Christ. Okay. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your seed forever. Okay. So then the Lord again gives him this this promise, and I will make your seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then your seed can also be numbered. Rise up, walk through the land according to its length and its breadth, for I will give it to you. Whatever land you walk through, the Christ whom you experience, the Christ, when you walk by the Spirit as you're living, learning to trust the Lord in the traffic jam to supply you with his unsearchably rich life that can endure, that can endure. Brothers and sisters, even, even someone was telling me um, this week, a brother, how even many, many other believers he's contacting or just kind of, it's, it seems this lockdown is never going to end. We're never going to get out of, this situation, this COVID pandemic, and there's a lot of endurance needed, right? We thought maybe for a month or two months or maybe six months or by the end of the year, and now we're still almost halfway through this year. And well, here we are. But brothers and sisters, as we learn this Christ, and as we walk in the land, he will become what we possess, as we learn to live in this environment, the Lord, yes, where we want to be on this where we are with the Lord at the peak, the 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 place to which He has called us. But then we want to learn to experience the Lord as our trustworthiness, as our faithfulness, as the One who cares for all our needs and as the rich one who supplies us. So we want to walk in it, rise up, walk through the land, according to its length, its breadth, for I will give it to you. Hallelujah. We don't want to be those who find ourselves in Egypt, where the Lord is just kind of like, he just, you know, he still preserves us according to his grace, his keeping grace. But we want to be in the proper position where we can walk through the land. Hallelujah. And Abram moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which is in Hebron. And there he built an altar to Jehovah. So then eventually he moves his tent to this place in Hebron, which means fellowship. And this we'll see in in the coming chapters, how Abram dwelt in fellowship with the Lord, how he dwelt in fellowship with Jehovah. Amen. Amen, brothers and sisters. I don't know about you, but I'm very encouraged by Abraham. Yes, he's the father of the faith, but praise the Lord. We need these chapters. We need these chapters to show us that we need to go through this, that we need to know God, not just as the God of love and light and and grace, but also as the sovereign one who arranges everything to the finest detail in all of our lives so that we would open to him and get to know him in our, in our environment, in the, in the very place where he has put us. Amen. Okay, Brother John, you can continue. Chapter
1: 14. All okay. right. Amen. Amen. Wow. Well, we really experience. The story of Abraham is just like our own history. As Adrian mentioned about the sixth experience of a called one. Um, That's Abraham. He is not just a created race, but he also a called race. God give up the created race. They all come together to challenge against God in the Tower of Babel. And God came to call Abraham in a city called Ur, all of Chaldea. From that time, we would like to see the sixth experience of a called one. Number one, Abraham experienced the appearance of God in the land of darkness. God appeared to him. It is not God, it is not Abraham, seek for God but it is God appeared to Abraham. That's number one. And then the second experience is when God appeared to him, God want him to go but he cannot make it. So God has to release him. God released him from all the dragging factors for him to cross the river. Eventually God even removed him. Is that a good verse? in Acts chapter 7 verse 4. God removed him. Uh, God release him from all the dragging factors. Uh, first, um, Haran, okay, that is um, the father of Lot. Okay, and the Lord has to make him die so they can leave Ur. Okay? So when Haran died, they move from Ur to a northern city. Last week we saw another place called Haran again. So uh, they leave the person of Haran and move to a place called Haran, still in Haran. So they did not cross the river; they just walk in the riverside. <laughs> um, then the Lord has to take the second person out of him. That is Terah. That is his dad. Abraham's dad has to, has to die. That way, we see God has to release God release us from all the drugging factors in order for us to cross the river. And in the third experience of a cold one, after he crossed the river, he came to Shechem to receive. He came to the right location and received God speaking. Only in Shechem, God speak to him in a very definite way, because he is in the right place. You know, on one hand, God called us, and many people, they left, but they still not reach to the location, to the goal, to the destination. They're still in the halfway, so they, they did not get the right God speaking. Praise the Lord, we're not on the left, or of Chaldea, we come to Shechem the place that God can speak to us. Did you see many people that left the denominations, they left the wrong ground, but still not come to the right ground. They are in the middle road, in the middle of the road. They still in Haran, along with the riverside. But praise the Lord, many of us, we cross the river, we come to the place where Jehovah, where God can speak to us. That's the third experience receiving God speaking in the right location. And number four, you know, in that kind of speaking lead him to have a real experience. And there he built the altar and the tent. Then he lived a life of the altar and the tent. Now, when God speak to us, God attract us. Then we're willing to live a life that we are sojourner on this earth, and we give everything for God himself. So we live a life of the altar and the tent. That's number four. While we're living this kind of life, and we say, Lord, wonderful, I live on on a herd like in heaven, then the Lord bring us a test. And that's number five, being tested in facing of famine. Yeah. That <clears throat> famine come, and then we under the test. If you want to follow the Lord, the Lord sometimes cause these few factors to test us where we are. Abraham failed. So if you fail, don't be disappointed, even Abraham failed. So when He failed and he experienced, God is a God of keeping him in grace. God keeping him in grace. He still supplying grace from God. God did not come and give him a big span, but God still show him that God, while you are planning how to sell your wife, but God is busy in tailoring mate your experience, that we may experience him in a very subjective way. And then that's number five, being tested in facing of famine. And then eventually he come back to the place of the altar where he was built. That's between Bethel and Ai. He came to that place where he enjoyed God and he enjoyed God in the altar. At this time, when he come back and then he failed the first test, now the Lord bring him the second test. And that first test, he failed. now the Lord bring him to second test. The second test, he learned not only to take care of himself, but he learned how to take care of his brother. Wonderful. This picture that he care for a lot, you must see such a good picture that he not only care for himself like before, when he went to Egypt because he wanted to care for himself. He even tried to sell his wife. Look how selfish he was. But this time you see another person. He know our God is a God who take care of myself. He learned how to trust the Lord. So he come back, he know how to strengthen his brother. And if you have your Bible you can write it in your Bible that is Luke chapter 22 verse 32 okay. mm-hmm. chapter Luke 22 verse 32 okay. but before verse 32 I like to read on 31 Luke chapter 32 verse 31 the Lord speak to Peter Simon Simon behold Satan has asked to have you all to save you with. Satan is asking, can I get all this one? God's people, can I have them? Then I'm going to sift them, filter them. Okay. But the Lord answered, chapter 22, verse 32, but I have made petition. Praise the Lord. We have Christ's petition for us. God made petition, or Christ made petition concerning you that your faith would not fail. Secondly, number one, your faith would not fail. Second, and you, once you have turned again, then you establish your brothers. Wonderful. The Lord pray, intercede for us that our faith will not be failed. And secondly, after we've been tested, we come back, not I'm become a hero, but we can come to establish our brother we come to take care of our brother. This is exactly the picture here. After he tested the first one, he fell and come back. Now he come to strengthen, establish his brother. Look at this part, chapter 13, how he established Lord. And, And here we also saw that he learned a lesson that how God take care of him. And, but now I'd like to bring up one matter. Okay. No. He saying to Lot, is not the whole land before you? Please separate yourself from me. If you go to the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I will go to the left. And verse 10, Lot, he lifted up his eyes and saw the entire plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. This was before Jehovah has destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. 11. So Lot chose for himself. You see, he did not chose for Abraham, but he chose for himself. The entire plain of the Jordan and Lot started traveling, a journey east no. He journey is and they separated themselves from each other. You underline the word, separated. He lift up his eyes, chose the east side. That right in your Bible, okay, in front of verse 11, this is the biggest mistake of Lot. Lot... You know, you don't have anything. God never spoke to you. You do not have vision. You do not have map. You do not have any possession. All what you have is from Abraham. We must follow the person with vision. Lord do not have vision. You just follow Abraham. If you do not have vision, then you follow the one with the vision. And if there is kind of argument, strife, Abraham speak to Lord, your shepherd and my shepherd, they are fighting. You know, Lord should say, Uncle Abraham, you want to separate me from you? No way. All what I have is from you. Even you are old, I'm young, but I have to follow you. Without you, I have no map, I have no vision. And you're talking about my shepherd and your shepherd are fighting. That is nonsense, you know? Tell me which shepherd fighting with your shepherd. Tell me, I'm gonna fire him now in front of your eyes. I will not take care of my shepherd and sacrifice myself. If you do not have the vision, you have to follow the one with the vision. Forget about right and wrong. You don't need to argue with Abraham. No, your shepherd is wrong. My shepherd is right. Forget about this thing. You have to take care of the vision. That is no vision, no God. You have no vision. You don't know way to experience God. Without vision, people cast off restraint. People become wild. This is morning revival this week. And Lot, you thought you got a vision. You saw the place where it's watered, and to the east, to the city of Sodom. That is the place of destruction. Look how blind you were. Okay. You choose for yourself. You become blind. Okay. You have to ask Abraham, please, don't let me go away from you. Okay. Like. Uh, uh, Ruth and Naomi. Naomi said, Ruth you can go. And Ruth said, no way, I'm not going away. Your God is my God. Your Father is my Father. Saints, this is a very important thing to remind all of us. Don't fall into right and wrong and depart from the people who has the vision you know, today, in the entire Christianity, people fighting for right and wrong, and then eliminate, they sell the vision, they sell, sell the vision, sell the truth. We don't want to sell the truth. We don't want to give up the person with the vision. This is very important. From that time on, Lot failed the rest of his life. That is the beginning of his failure. And then he chose east. And right in verse 11, Lot journey east. So he traveled to the east. But in verse 14, Jehovah said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him. And I believe on one hand, Abraham asked, Lord, let's go away. On the other hand, I believe Abraham is very sad. That's the only one he has. The young man, otherwise two of them are old. What can I do? Now, this young man left him. And I believe he was so sad. And some of you, you know, if you have children, when your children grown up, and they had to leave your family. Say, you oh. Know, I wish on one end. I hope you go. On the other end, I hope you stay at home. Okay. This time, Lot left Abraham, separate from him. He was so sad, but Jehovah came to encourage Abraham. Now, lift up your eyes, <laughs> Abraham. Look. Okay, forget about east. <laughs> saying, Look north, south, west, east. Everywhere. You choose isn't, but I'm going to give you every part for him. Yeah. Larger than what you give up little portion, I give you a big portion. Yeah. Oh, what is that? No mortal tongue can ever describe. What's the word? <laughs> what do you give up is fragment. What the Lord gave us is the whole. You thought, Lord, I give you a lot. You, what you gave me is only fragment, small pieces. I give you the whole. And God came in verse 15. Underline the word for the land. That you will see, I will give it to you and to your seed. God came in the land and the seed. Abraham. You give up Lot, you give us east, but I will give you the land and the seed. Okay. The land is Christ, the seed is the spirit. I give you all these things. Yeah. I make you, I will 16. I will make your seed as the dust of the earth. 17, rise up, walk through the land, walk. Don't sit down and pity yourself. Start walking. Okay. Walk through the land according to its length. I'll give you. This time, Abraham experienced to the peak. He just experienced. God come to visit him. And this time, he'd been uplifted. Verse 18 is an important verse. And Abram moved his tent and came to dwell by the oak of Mamre. And that Mamre is in Hebron. And there he built an altar to Jehovah. That is the high peak of his spiritual experience. He just moved to Hebron and said, that means fellowship. And that is the third altar that he built in Hebron. And then the rest of his life, there he stayed in Hebron until he died. Look at eighteen one footnotes eighteen one. Abraham first pitched his tent between Bethel and I and built an altar. His tent was a testimony. Ah, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 14.1, 14, 14 footnote one. Verse 14, footnote 1, because Abram had prevailed in his trial with Lot, God appeared to him again and confirmed the promise in chapter 12 concerning good land, encircled land, and the promise concerning the increase of his seed encircled the word seed. So God came to confirm the land and the seed. This answered Abram to the peak of his experience for God of God. For he moved his tent to dwell in Hebron, where he lived most of the remainder of his life in fellowship with God. After the Lord left him, he came to the peak of the experience. That is, dwell in Hebron means fellowship, means the church life, the rest of his life. That is Abraham in chapter 13. Amen. And then let's come to 14. And chapter 14 is a big story here. It's an international fighting. And when Lord moved to the east and then he toward to the city of Sodom. Keep moving, 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 and then get into the city of Sodom. And Sodom become a wicked, sinful city toward Jehovah. And God does not allow his people to live in this kind of environment. So God has to use the environment, to rise up the environment, which is the fighting of the five kings and the four kings, or the five nations and the four nations, they, they come together. And um, these four nations come together and attack the five nations. Well, fighting is not good. Humanly speaking, fighting is not good. But in this picture, um, this fighting was good for Lot and Abraham. Okay. And for Lot, okay, this is what we're going to see tonight. Okay. Well, I'd like to tell you tonight we want to see the two victorious experience of abraham after his failure that is the departure and the warfare the departure of lot and the warfare of the four kings this the two victorious experiences what do you want to see that departure of lot we already cover and then the issue of that experience bring Abraham to shift his tent into Hebron Mm -hmm. under the oak, Mm -hmm. uh, in the Mamre under the oak tree, there he experienced his life by fellowship with God. And then the second victorious experience is to find for his brother. And this time, if you read the story, is there are five kings there in Lot area that is in the southern part. And there are four kings in the northern part. These four kings come to attack five kings or five nations. One of the nation is Sodom, another one is Gomorrah. And then even there are five, they should be more strong, but these four kings are too strong. So these five kings cannot stand against them. Eventually they lose and they not only lose and these four kings took away the people, the food, everything taken to the north. You know why? Because God said, Lord, you are not supposed to stay there. That's a wicked city. So the Lord stirred up the environment, wipe out everything to take the Lord away. And look, verse 13, chapter 14, verse 13. And one who had escaped came and told Abram, the Hebrew. Is that wonderful? Okay. This one who should run away, but why he come to speak to Abraham? And now he was dwelling in the Oak of Mamre. Maybe he enjoyed the life study uh, or enjoyed the message there. While Abraham dwelling there. And then the people come. And verse 14, when Abraham heard that his brother had been taken captive. Huh? These four kings come. They invade the city of Sodom and take away my brother, Lot. And then Abraham let out his train, which is born in his house, 318, 318, okay, and pursue as far as done. Okay. Okay. You know, Abraham just chased them. Okay. What? If you want to steal someone in Sodom, you can steal, but don't steal my brother. Why you took away my brother?" And Abraham don't care who is four kings. He don't care who is five kings. I don't care how much strength I have, but I want to fight back, get back my brother. I'm not only care for my brother, I fight for my brother. You know how did he run? He ran from, okay, verse 13, where he was. He was in Mamre. Encircle the word Mamre, okay. and verse fourteen. Where did they took Lot? They took as far as Dan. Encircle the word done. Then you connect these two, Mamre to done, You put one line there. All right. You want to see where we are? Open your Bible. The last page of your map. Okay. Map number. Map number what? Map number two. Okay. If you got your Bible with you, you want to see map number two. That is Israel in the Old Testament times, this page. All right. <clears throat> did you see words Hebron? That is at the bottom of your page. Simeon, did you see Simeon? On top of Simeon, Siglap, and then keep going on. Okay? And then Carmel, did you see Carmel? Everything is in the bottom. Carmel, Sif, and Hebron. Abraham was there in Hebron, and where is Sodom? Sodom is, did you see Red Sea, Salt Sea? That is Dead Sea, Salt Sea. At the south part, outside the page of your Bible, the bottom part of the Dead Sea is Sodom. Today, Sodom is no longer exist, it's under the sea and that is in the south tip, in the south tip of the salt sea, that is Sodom. So these five kings, they come to take Lot from the city of Sodom, <clears throat> and then all the way, okay, all the way to Dan. You know where's Dan? The same page on the top margin of your page. Did you see? Dan on top. <laughs> Look at that. Abraham took 318 strong men. He just all the way fight back from Hebron, chased them. He chased them. Where is my lot? <laughs> Give me my lot. And they all ran away, and Abraham chased them all the way to Dan. My map is too small. Abraham is too strong. He just all the way. Let's continue. Verse 15, come back to your Bible now in chapter 14. And now chapter 14, verse 15. And as far as done, that is for verse 14 and 15. And he divided his source, his forces against them by night. So Abraham, they got only 318 and he divided into two. <laughs> I don't know how many left. But <clears throat> and he and his servant struck them, killed them. And pursue them to Hoba, which is in the north of Damascus. You know where's Damascus? Okay, come back to your map again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damascus is also not in your map. That's undone. Go further to the uh, to the northeast. That is Manasseh. Did you see Manasseh? Manasseh, go up. That is Syria. Okay. Damascus is the capital city of Syria. So Abraham, his 300 people, they just go, go, go and chase them until done. And then the rest, they continue up to Syria, to Damascus. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> this is Abraham. we don't fight, don't fight. If we fight, we fight to the end. And verse 16, he, he brought back all the possession Hallelujah! All the possession brought back. Lot and his brother, his possession, as well as the woman and the people, everything bring back. And after he returned from the slaughter of Shadalamar, the king who were with him, the king of Sodom, the king of Sodom said, oh, thank you, Abraham, all my people, all the Sodomites, all got back. Abraham, I don't know how do we do it. Shadalamar, is the king of Sodom, and we went out to meet Abraham in the valley of Shaveh, And now verse 18, Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Wow, king of Salem brought out bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God, the most high. When Abraham fight, slot all the kings and bring back all the spoil. In his way back, Melchizedek, on his way, he prepared bread and wine. Saints, hallelujah. That's what we enjoy every Lord's Day, bread and wine. I think Abraham enjoyed the first table meeting. That Melchizedek in verse nineteen, and he bless him and say, "Blessed be Abraham of God. Blessed be Abraham of God, the Most High, and possessor of heaven and earth." Melchizedek not only fit him, but Melchizedek bless him, bless him with God. What is blessing? Blessing is to bring people to God. What? Melchizedek speak to Abraham, okay, blessed you, may you have, have a big house and mm, more possession. No, Melchizedek bless him with God. Bless him, uh, blessed be Abraham of God, the most high. Melchizedek bring God of the most high to minister to Abraham and bring Abraham to God. And he said, God is the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the God, the most high, who deliver your enemy into your hand. And Abraham gave him a 10 of all. Abraham started giving him tidings, the 10%. What that means, to bless means to bring people to God. This is the first function of the priest in the Bible. Yeah. Melchizedek come is not due for sin, but do the ministering of life, to feed life. Yeah. And to bring man to God, he eliminate the distance between God and man. That now Abraham has no distance between him and God. Yeah. You know. That's why Abraham was so much close to God that he able to give his 10 to God because he just feel God is so close to me. Okay. And that's the meaning of tidings. Tithing is not, oh, I must give something for God. Tithing is because we are close to God. We just love God. No. When Melchizedek blessed, Abraham, he bring Abraham to God. And Abraham was so close to God, and he give his tithe to God. This is the real blessing. Since blessing is not just give you chocolate and sweet to bless you. No, blessing is to bring man to God. So that man and God has no distance. We eliminate the distance between God and man. That is blessing. This is the function of Melchizedek. In Hebrew chapter five, talking about the who is Melchizedek. Melchizedek is Christ. Christ has the order, as the priest has the order of Melchizedek. You know the word order. Order is wrong position. There are two kinds of priests, one is Aaronic priest, one is Melchizedek, one is according to the order of Aaron, one is according to the order of Melchizedek. And Aaron, okay, I'd like to give you four distinction between Aaron and Melchizedek. Of course, Melchizedek come far, far before Aaron. Aaron is in Exodus, we are here in Genesis. So before the order of Aaron, Melchizedek already exists. And in Aaron, his function is being sacrificed to bring sacrifice to God. All the ox, all the cattle that is sacrificed to God. but. Melchizedek is bring bread and wine to us. Did you see? Aaron is to bring sacrifice to God, but Melchizedek is bring bread and wine to us. What a big difference. Number two, what is Aaron? The service of Aaron, Aaron is care for our sin. That's why we need sacrifice. But Melchizedek is care for our supply and our satisfaction. Amen. Here, this part did not care for any sin here. Just care. Okay. Oh, Abraham, you win the battle. These okay. this, uh, four kings, five kings even cannot stand with them, but you just dealt with them with the 380 strong men. You might be very tired now. Okay? And Melchizedek come with bread and wine to minister them. Of supply them, no them. That's Melchizedek. Melchizedek can say, Abraham, you're still a sinner. No, nothing to do with sin. You're just, here's the food. Enjoy it, Melchizedek. Number three was Aaron. Aaron is ministering of cleansing. Oh, we are seeing cleansing, but how is Melchizedek? Melchizedek is the ministry of feeding. He just feed us. And number four, Melchizedek is to take care for sinners. And how about, sorry, sorry, Aaron, Aaron is to serve for sinners. How about the order of Melchizedek is for warriors, the fighters. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is what we see. And Abram returned, Melchizedek ministered him. Did you see in this part, we see that Christ coming manifest after our victorious, after we fight. Did you enjoy that film every week we fight all the way until Lord's Day, praise the Lord, God came to minister us, amen, bread and wine. We say, Lord, I fight for five days, six days. Mm. Okay. Four kings, five kings, mm. we slaughter all of them. And Melchizedek they come to minister himself to us. Amen. Here we enjoy. When the Lord come back, today we are in this dark age. We are fighting for the Lord's interest. In Matthew chapter twenty-six, verse twenty-nine. At that time, he will have with us to drink the produce of the grave. He will be Melchizedek to us. Amen. Saints, today we keep fighting. Yeah. The, even the strong four kings, we keep fighting. The Lord wants to gain overcomers. Mm-hmm. Our Melchizedek is waiting for us there. Mm-hmm. Amen. Chapter 26, he said, I'm waiting there. Okay. At that day, I'm going to have the drink, the produce of the grape with you. We're going to enjoy it. That is our Melchizedek. And Abraham is the first one he enjoyed God so close to him, and he started giving the tenth of all to God, to Jehovah. Well, I'm so happy with this. Let me carry out the four verses. And the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Abraham, give me the people and take the possession of yourself. Mm -hmm. All the Sodomite, you return to me and all the food, all the possession, you can take it, Abraham. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, that is mm, uh, Shadlamer, King, I tell you, I have, underline the word have, that means I have done that. I have lifted up my hand to Jehovah, the God of the Most High, the possessor of heaven and earth. That is, before I go to fight, I already pray. Before I go to fight, Melchizedek is already interceded within me. Melchizedek is praying for me. Then I pray with that prayer. I pray to the God of the most high. He is the one on high. He is the one sovereign everything. I know my God. I know him from my failure in Egypt. I know my God now. He is the God of the most high. And he is also the possessor of the heaven and the earth. Everything belongs to him. I know him. Before I go to a fight, I already pray to the God of the Most High. I know him. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. That I will not take a single string of your sandals. You want to give me all the possession? Let me tell you, even one string, I'm not gonna take anything from you. He overcome the temptation of earthly substance. Saints? We have God, a possessor of heaven and earth. He said, I'm not going to take anything from you. Lest you may say, you make me Abraham rich. No, I don't want anything. Except only, which is the young men that fight with me, these 318 young guys, they must eat, they must get their portion. Okay? And the man with me, all these things, man. Okay? These are the ones you have to feed them. And then the one that with me, all these people, you can let them take their portion. And you can take my portion. Oh, wonderful. Abraham, he can fight with this battle. You see, this is a glorious experience. Okay. Did you see these two? Number one, his mm-hmm. experience to take care of his brother, he end up in Hebron. The second experience, the second experience that he went through, that is to fight for his brother, that international battle, Mm -hmm. and that battle bring Abraham to receive the blessing of Melchizedek. Wonderful. One, he experienced, Hebron, the high peak of his experience. Secondly, he experienced Melchizedek. The Lord used this international warfare. On one hand, saved Lot from city of Sodom. On the other hand, he brought Abraham to experience Melchizedek. Nobody experienced Melchizedek before Abraham. What a good experience. And he even prayed. Well, Melchizedek is intercede for him. What makes Abraham have that kind of boldness to fight? It's because Melchizedek is intercede for him. Saints, what makes us to live on this earth today? Because we have this ascended Christ. In in his ascension, he is intercede for us. He's praying for us. Okay, now write in your Bible how did in how did uh, Melchizedek pray for Abraham? You know, that is in verse 13. When Abraham heard this news that his brother has been taken, he did not say, he should not, he should not leave me, you know, since now you deserve the problem. No, Melchizedek pray for Abraham, number one, to overcome his natural affection. Yes, Lot left you, but Abraham was overcome his natural affection. He did not blame him, he did not judge him, even Lot left him, but this time, because of Melchizedek prayer. So he able to overcome his natural affection. Number two, the four things you write in your Bible next to between 12 and 13. These four things are the matters that Melchizedek intercede for Abraham. Number one, against the natural affection. Number two, to fight against the unrighteous of apostasy. You know what I mean? Dan is the city of apostasy. Lot depart from the vision, take another way. We call it apostasy. Lot was taken to the degradation. So with all the unrighteousness, this picture we see that our Christ today is interceding for us against the unrighteousness of apostasy. Number three, Melchizedek is praying to strengthen Abraham, to pay his full price. I don't know how he make it, 318, just 318. People, they got four kings. Even five kings cannot stand against him. But because of his intercession, okay. Abraham just fight. Until today, I don't know what 318 means. Mm-hmm. If you say 10, I know, in 100, I know, 7, we know, 12, I know. 300 is mysteries to me. <laughs> Somehow, 318. <laughs> Something beyond our logic, our understanding, but there is someone intercede for us. Amen. So that Abraham able to pay the full price, being intensified, being strengthened. And number four, that Abraham cover the shameless of his brother. He don't want, it's a shame that his brother been taken away. So he went to five, to cover the shyness of his brother, since today the Lord is interceding for us, not just for us to be an overcomer, that makes us to able to cover the weakness, the shyness of our brother. Our brother has been failed; he need us to go and fight for our brothers. Abraham, he did not say, "Oh, you deserve the why? Why you leave me?" Take the consequence, no, he want to cover the weakness, the shyness of our brother. Now today, especially in this pandemic time, since we need to fight for our brothers, we visit our brother. They've been taken to Dan, even to Damascus. All of what we have, we need 318 strong men. Christ is intercede for us. And I wish during this pandemic, we still restore our brother, restore our saints. Now your short visit is to fight for our brother's interest so they can enjoy what the Lord has measured for us. Amen. This is what Abraham enjoyed the interceding of Melchizedek. Praise the Lord. I think I should stop here. Amen. Again, uh, if we can, uh, overflow ourselves, is that possible? Can, can we have some kind of overflowing here? Um, amen. Fight for your brothers. How about that? Okay. Share what you enjoy. Let people also enjoy what you are, sharing, what you are enjoying. Amen. Uh, we got only 20 minutes left, not much time. If we break into group, maybe not enough. I really hope that we can share in the groups, but today it's a bit short.